Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs, and we are on episode, I uh, made sure to check, 11. We're on episode 11. 11. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this one. We have a lot to talk about because we actually have gotten requests to do these kinds of things, these kinds of episodes more. So right from the get-go, Michael, I'm just going to let people know this episode is going to be focusing on... Uh, like an, like more like another series of the affordable vintage series, but specifically affordable vintage and also modern chronographs. Yep. Because I think it's super easy to say, oh, I want to buy a chronograph. Let me put aside two thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's. Um, I mean, if you're if you're looking Swiss, that's probably what you're gonna set aside. Um, yeah. But uh, you can you can find some pretty cool stuff. Uh, for under a thousand and that's kind of the range we like to uh we like to explore in and um yeah something i think listeners would appreciate because yeah, we, yeah we do we do see these requests and um you know even before you know getting started on this if you guys uh want to hear us talk about anything you know specifically or you know something that's interesting to you <clears throat> you know you want to hear what we think about these kind of watches or just cover this topic you know let us know um you know comment send us an email um you know we're here to to make the shows for you so yeah yeah and we're all, we already get emailed a bunch i get email emails from people all over the world um and they're not like nigerian princes because usually the emails i get from all over the world are nigerian princes you know what i'm saying but sure. like but yeah, yeah of course that's normal but uh, you know in addition to what michael said if there's things you don't want us to talk about you know if i get an email that says you know uh, uh you know i.e you know kaz is urethra hey guys love the show can kaz Please stop talking about his urethra. <laughs> First of all, it's not Never. gonna happen. It's, it's not gonna happen. But yeah, second no. of all, be, you are very welcome to voice your displeasure with me talking about things on or around my body. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, so just some housekeeping things first. Uh, before we do our audio wrist check, I just wanted to say some people have reached out and asked. Some people are always kind of curious. If you are a listener on iTunes or if you have access to iTunes, we are on iTunes. You can find us there. We're searchable. We exist. We have a voice. Uh, it would be really, really cool if you guys like the show, if you've been listening for a long time, or if you've only heard a couple episodes and you're super into it, it would be super helpful for us to continue doing this and continue doing a good job if you go there and leave us a good review if you have an iTunes account. You know what I mean? Something yeah. super simple. You don't have to give like a super detailed like dissertation response. Just something quick, because I don't want to take too much of your time. Just let other people know you like the show. Leave us a good review. It would mean the world to us. And I know you guys like the show because you tell us all the time. So no reason not to throw it up on iTunes as well. That would be super, super awesome. And we would be super, super thankful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so going on, going onward. I love doing audio risk checks because I, I, don't, I don't get to talk to people about like the watches I wear, most of the times, because some people in my office have noticed I, I wear a different watch every day, hmm. or like I'll mix up the straps on the watches okay. I wear, 
and it never gets past like, oh, got the blue strap on today. It's like, yeah, I got the uh, <laughs> got the blue yeah, strap. No, nobody ever notices the uh, the watches I wear at at, at my job. No, um, man. I don't do every day. I, I might switch it up every three days or so. Really? But, um, yeah. But it's yeah. uh. So that's yeah, why I like hard. doing the audio wrist checks. So so Michael, what are you, uh, what are you wearing? Describe in slow slow sultry detail uh, what you are wearing. Well, it should come as no surprise. So it's going to be a little boring. Uh, it's it's <laughs> once again the uh, Seiko SRP Triple Seven on the Toxic NATO's uh, Royal. I don't it's, blame you. That thing is awesome. This has been my uh, my favorite combo for a while, and uh, you know, had it on for the uh, big New Year's. Um, you know, stuff that was going on last night, so that was cool. I just and, missed. Uh, I I just realized I'm such a moron, Michael. Happy New Year. Happy New happy Year. Happy New Year. And we Happy New Year to all the all the listeners. Happy yeah, New Year's, is... guys. Oh my God, that's how that's how scatterbrained I am. Like the year changes. Things move on, and my only thought is, man, I wish more people would ask me, you know, what watch I was wearing today. You know what I mean? Like, I, you didn't, I, you, did you have on your um, your perpetual calendar that's accurate to <laughs> 547 years? And uh, <laughs> no, I, I, if I were to wear, I was to wear, if I were to wear, if I were to wear a perpetual calendar, uh. The only perpetual calendar that would grace my disgusting wrist would be the Riketa perpetual calendar, which uh, is not a perpetual calendar. They most of them stop in 1996. Most yeah. of them stop counting, stop <laughs> stop acting as calendars uh, after 1996. I don't know why they didn't. I guess just, I mean, I know why. We've talked about it on the show. They're not real perpetual calendars, but no, for 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 you. So your New Year's watch was the. Um, was the SRP? Mine was the uh, Seiko Sumo, my SBDC zero uh, three three, the new prospects. I uh, I love that watch. It's just, my collection is slowly growing, and there's few watches I'll consistently return to. I'll consistently return to some watches in the same way. I'll get like like a, a warm hug from a loved one I haven't seen in years. Like oh, mm-hmm. like this is like man. Like I know I have all these watches, and these are all awesome watches, but they're just some watches which just feel right to have on Sumo, well, it was funny because yeah. i knew we were i knew we were doing a, a wrist check so before the show i opened the box and i'm like oh, okay i've been wearing this one let me take it off <laughs> put something else and i took it off and i looked at it i'm like ah oh, no you're going back on the wrist <laughs> <laughs> I close got, the box <laughs> i gotta get one man everyone's i feel like everyone's got a turtle except me you got one terry's got one he loves doing them turtle head hashtags uh yeah. everyone hey there's some there's a, there's a new one coming out that's actually it's all green i gotta show it to you what yeah no way like is it cool or is it like cheesy i got i mean it's it's still um i'm not sure it's if it's been officially released um, okay i saw it on um the video watch review uh oh god i'm gonna get his his username wrong again watch video reviews, watch video reviews. youtube channel super cool guy yeah um so he uh, he made a video on like these new seikos that are coming out and they're Mm -hmm. i guess now they're playing with the color green a lot so um yeah one of the new turtles is going to be like all green it's going to be like a like a hulk turtle so man maybe i should get that yeah it looks really cool at least in the photos that i've seen damn man no i had no idea maybe i can get one of those i don't know um okay yeah so okay 
wrist checks. You're wearing the turtle. Uh, I wore the sumo for New Year's, but that's not what I'm wearing now. Um, in honor of... Oh, kitty. My kitty's, like, attacking me with love. Uh, in honor of today's uh, vintage chronograph, affordable chronograph discussion, I am wearing my Paul Jot 3133 on a Toxic NATO's olive green uh, strap with brushed hardware. I love this thing. I love the strap. I love this watch. This is my first chronograph, and... I will just say, we're going to talk about it more, but I will just say, I don't know if I would recommend this as a first chronograph <laughs> for some people. You know what I mean? Well, you did you did quite a bit of research. Actually, yes. we we would talk about that watch or some other iteration of the watch yeah. um, several times. And actually a while ago, you know, back when we were working together at the same company, you know, we'd, we'd show each other photos and stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, how how cool it was and but this this has been a purchase um that you researched quite a bit yeah it's been it's been nearly a year and uh, before i made it was nearly a year of looking at pictures not being really sure i'll talk about it more later on but the biggest struggle with this watch was just making sure it was authentic to a logical time period like if everything on the watch was great but the pushers were like early and everything was late, or if the dial was totally wrong, or if it was like a fake Chinese redial, like it wasn't going to happen. And that's the majority of what I saw. But I was looking yeah. at the watch, you know, in a vacuum to itself. I wasn't looking at it as a chronograph. I don't know right. if I would recommend this as a first chronograph unless um, someone loved the idea of having something quirky, something that you may have to put time in, something that you may have to like have a very special relationship with. If you want a chronograph just to press the buttons and like watch it like spinning, I don't know. If, I don't know if this is that watch. <laughs> well, I think it's safe to say, you know, just just because we're talking about vintage um, mm-hmm. or for a portion of this episode, um, I don't think a vintage chrono should be anyone's first chrono, uh, unless you're unless you're someone that realizes that you know. Okay, I have to put quite a bit of research into this purchase before you know right. pulling the trigger. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I could probably say the same thing about about the watch that I picked. Right. Well, first, before we get into vintage chronographs, I want to tell you, uh, we both get David SW emails. I don't know how religiously you look at like the app updates or his email updates, but I I want to let you know, Michael. There's there's, there's I have good news. Okay. Uh, he, uh, David SW has recently acquired on his website and has for sale a RM011. I'm going to mess up this name because I have no idea who this is. Philippe Massau Richard Meal for uh, a mere $89,000. No, that's a steal. That's a steal. That's a steal. Dude, fuck, fuck living somewhere. I would love to be homeless. Let me go. Let me go to this. Uh, oh, kitty. This site. Let's see. Oh my god! And you didn't, and you didn't tell me right away. I didn't cats? tell you right away, dude. There's cats. There's cats all over me, sweetie. You're so, you're so slinky. Here, go down. Yeah, man. There's also I have, I have more good news, but yeah, for a mere eighty-nine thousand. You know what I'm most confused about? Do people like? Do you do? Does someone really spend eighty-nine thousand bucks on a watch online, or do they like fly in and say like, "Hey, Dave." Or David, whatever you prefer. I doubt he listens to the show. Uh, I'm interested in that watch. Can we meet to see if it's something I like? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm, I'm really not sure. I don't uh, know. I'm sure he he would. I think it probably depends on the client, and he he'd probably do 
um, different things for different people, really. Uh, if it's um, maybe if it's uh, somebody that buys with with frequency on his site, he'd he'd do something like that. He'd do maybe um, maybe. But otherwise, you know, you know, ninety grand. It's as simple as a bank wire. Uh, a lot of times. Man. So I guess if you're the kind of person to spend ninety grand on a watch, even I mean specifically, just not even just a watch, a Richard meal. You probably aren't even that concerned about getting something authentic or making sure it has no scratches. I don't. I don't know. It just. It just. It boggles my mind because literally, bro. Like four watches above that, you'll have like a twenty nine hundred dollars Seamaster three hundred. I'm like, oh yeah. okay. <laughs> what am I supposed yeah, to believe? He's got a super diverse uh, inventory. Yeah, and man. Too. He also uh, has the highly coveted Hublot uh, Concrete Jungle for four, four, 14000 a, a mere 14000 You're kidding. He's got one of those? He's gauged right below, or a couple a couple uh, entries below, the uh, RM011 Richard Meal for 89000 We all know how much I love that watch. Yeah, man. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a keeper. Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> you know what? It actually looks much better in... <laughs> In his, in, in his, in, in, in his, in his photos, his photo box, yeah, yeah, I'm sure, man. Very interesting watch. That Look is at too that. funny. So yeah, if you were if you were listening to the two broke watch snobs, <laughs> and you're inclined to spend ninety thousand dollars on a Richard meal, that'll probably break as soon as you hit like an elevator button, dude. You know where to go. You think you you could think it's later. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh boy. Oh, but yeah. We we probably won't recommend those. Uh, I don't think those two chronographs. They uh, all do the same thing. Wait, which one? Which which chronographs? Which the um? Well, all chronographs. All chronographs. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, sort of, <laughs> sort of. As I've learned recently, um, oh, I didn't want to talk about it because I don't because I because I don't want people to go and buy it. Whatever. Um, I'm looking at potentially picking up the uh, Orient Speedtech chronograph. So I didn't realize that Orient was a sponsor of Subaru in some race, and so they have a very weird relationship where they make watches, um, like congruent with this relationship with like the Subaru WRX STI colors. I just refreshed the page; they're all sold out. Motherfucker, do you have even published the thing and it's already sold out? <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, don't, I, don't, I know. I just, <laughs> I just know the fear. The fear uh, I have. I don't have fear of living in destitution or not finding a job in time. I fear people, <laughs> people buying the watches that I look at. Um, that thing is super cool in that it counts one one hundredth of a second on the twelve subdial on the twelve o'clock subdial. Yeah, I showed that... I, I showed you that video. So it, just to clarify, it's a quartz chronograph, which mm -hmm. I I love. I'm after getting the the the, the Bruce watches black brew watch. It's a Swiss Ronda quartz chronograph. I have like a love of quartz chronographs right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that Orient uh, Speed Tech chronograph is super up my alley. Katie, what's up? Come here. You're going to meow with so, me? So is this kind of, um, would you say this is your uh, kind of modern pick for uh I mean, for you could. I don't, I don't have enough technical information to really speak about it. Um, so it's really cool in that, yeah, I'll say it's my modern pick. I don't give a fuck. Uh, the way it works is the 12 o'clock subdial counts one one hundredth of a second. The uh, 9 o'clock subdial is just the regular seconds, 
You know what I mean? Like the mm -hmm. ones that are always running, not the chronograph seconds. But then at the six o'clock, it's not really a sub dial. It's more like um, like an RPM gauge on a car, and it counts forty minutes. So you can you can do the chronograph. You can time things in forty minute increments. So you can do it forty minute increments, six seconds a minute. You know, and you can measure it to one one hundredth of a of a second. <laughs> That's really cool. It's so cool. The only issue is it is fucking gigantic. It's forty six millimeters without the crown. It's funny. I was thinking about yeah, forty six millimeter. That that measurement. That's kind of where I think you and I both stop. Yeah. Or either have to really think about. Well, the issue is um, no one no one really owns the watch, so I don't know what the lug to lug is. But I might just wear it on my bicep like I'm an astronaut. You know what I'm saying? Worst comes to worst. Yeah, you can, or or you know your thigh. I could just wear too. it. <laughs> just wear it on my thigh under my pants. So anytime I have to check my t anytime I check the time at work, I have to undo my belt. Yeah. <laughs> and just and just slowly slide my jeans down in my in my crowded office to the horror of all of all the people that work around me. What the fuck is what the fuck is Kaz doing? Oh, he's just he's just activating his chronograph. Yeah, just in the middle of the meeting, start start the chronograph and oh, God. You know, take your pants off. Take my pants off, guys. Don't worry, <laughs> I got the time. Let me get let me let me just get this belt off. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know enough about that watch. Cool. It's interesting because so Orient doesn't really Orient only has automatic movements. They only have mechanical movements. So anytime a quartz movement shows up, it's interesting. Um, you can I, usually assume... I've never thought of that. Yeah, you can usually assume it's a Seiko movement because the only other quartz chronograph I've seen that counts one one-hundredth of a second is a Seiko quartz chronograph. I forgot the exact model number. I wrote it down somewhere, but obviously I lost it. I, I think they have it, a few. I can put it in the show notes. Yeah, so that's the only thing I could think of is that they... And I know they do that sometimes. They will share parts. So... I can assume it's a Seiko quartz chronograph movement in there. It's really cool. It has three different types of metal on there, or three different types of materials. It has carbon fiber, so it, it almost has like carbon fiber looking solid like end links. It's kind of weird. It looks mm -hmm. sort of like the watch Optimus Prime would wear, but not Optimus Prime in like an Affliction t-shirt. Optimus Prime in like a nice shirt and jeans. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Does that gotcha. make sense? Makes perfect sense. Yeah, you know, it's a really, really cool watch. It's got stainless steel. It's got aluminum. It has the carbon fiber. Oh my god! Hold on, my cat's eating things. Kitty. Um, and so it's something I'm super into. You, it will say on the Orient USA website, it's like, it's like seven hundred bucks, but like you can find it on like other regular websites. Unfortunately, it's not on LongIslandWatch.com. But on other mm -hmm. websites, um, I'm not gonna say which ones until I buy one. Then I'll say, you know, where you can buy it from. Um, it's like this one isn't. It's not the Orient Starline, right? It's just like no. Orient? It's Orient Speed Tech. There have been there have been many Orient Speed Techs. There's also an Orient Speed Tech that's an automatic. It's a three hander, so you can look mm -hmm. that up if you want to. But it's the hold on. My cat apparently really has a death wish. Sweetie, if Daddy can't eat tape, you can't eat tape. Okay, that's the rule. <laughs> Um, there's a there's a cardboard box like next to me, and the cat's like, dude, that would kill me in a second. I gotta eat that. <laughs> like that would end my shit immediately. You have food. Um, so it's a cool watch. I mean, I didn't want to bring it up. I don't, I don't know too much about it, but it's if you're looking for a chronograph and you're looking for something different, and you're not one of these people who's like averse to a quartz chronograph, it is super cool. It is also another installation in the fact that Orient is just doing so many fucking awesome things. 
They're doing so many awesome things, dude. You know yeah, what I mean? And, and not really telling that many people about not it. Not telling I, anyone. I didn't know about the Subaru partnership. No. So we've been getting... So last episode, we talked about Orient. We've been asking people to kind of chime in wherever you are in the world, even if you're in America, if you're a world traveler, or if you even have information, for God's sakes, tell us where the fuck Orient <laughs> is popular. Like, just tell us where Orient is popular or, like, what their marketing strategy is. I reached out to Orient and Orient USA. I have not heard back. I did get an automated email that they're all out of the office until... Until like January second, so so I'm still I'm still not eating my sock. You're still not. Oh man, I really wish you stopped saying that. I don't want you to eat your sock, Michael. Like you, you have, do you have any <laughs> idea? So many people have been like just talking about that. Like oh man, good luck <laughs> eating that sock. I'm like, dude, my friend's gonna fucking choke on cotton. Like that's not funny. <laughs> that's not well, funny, man. Well, no. Needless to say, Nora Nora wasn't happy about the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> The possibility. <laughs> she she is uh, as as a healthcare provider. She's advising against it, and uh, she's she's the boss at the end of the day. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see, dude. You could buy okay. You could buy like a child sock, and just eat that. That's that's small. That's like the size of like a like a McDonald's chicken McNugget. Same shape. You know yeah, but I, mean? I said I said my sock. Okay, put put the goddamn little sock on for a day. Then you can claim that it's your sock. <laughs> and then okay. you can, and then you can eat it, or just All get right. one of your regular socks and just cut it in half, and I'll eat half, and you eat half. That way, we can both get tapeworms. Yeah, we can do that. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah. I haven't. So I haven't heard back from Orient yet. They are all out of the office, so I'm not that worried. But we have heard back from uh, uh, a lot of our listeners, and so the consensus basically is this: Orient is not popular. Yeah, well, somebody <laughs> wrote to us from the UK. Yeah, someone wrote from the UK um, that they liked the show and they had heard about Orient before and they'd seen it online, but they'd never heard of it like in a store. They'd never really heard of it come up in like a in like a casual watch conversation. Same thing in, with folks in Australia. Same thing, I believe, folks are talking about in um, some parts of Northern Europe. Um, we got a hold of Video Watch Review and he responded back to me. Hey man, what's up? I don't know if you listen to the show, but I'll 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 tag you anyway. Um, he got back and he basically said that when he is in Asia, because so, so, so if no if no one knows uh, video watch review, that's his name, right, Michael? Video watch review or watch video review? We're gonna get this right right now. We're gonna get this right 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 fucking now. I'm really I'm really tired of screwing up people's names. Okay, so on Instagram it is watch video review. Well, I'm writing that. I don't want to write that. But I'm writing it down. Watch video review. So watch video reviews channel is awesome. He needs more followers because basically he travels all over the world, but he doesn't have a lot of time in Asia. And so he'll do video or he'll do watch video reviews of like awesome, like JDM Seiko uh, watches, like specifically really cool, like just Japanese domestic release only watches. And he'll do like yeah. really cool, like shots and he'll have videos with them. And it's like, shit, you'll, it, you'll never, it's like the first time you see an angler fish. Like, oh my God, that exists in the well, world. It's the first time you, it's the first time I've seen a lot of these models that, that appear on his channel yeah um yeah it's the, that's where i first saw those those new green seikos that i just told you about that's right so we reached out to him because i figured he would have insight into whether or not orient was at least popular in fucking japan and he basically said no i mean he'll see them in stores but like most of the time when he sees people you know wearing on the streets or just kind of uh, doing watch wise is it'll be uh, what did he say? He said it. Um, I'm, I'm I don't know if this is in order of popularity, but I'll say it's in order of popularity. Casio Seiko Rolex. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that's what it was. That's Those were the three watches he kind of just sees in the wild mostly. Um, so it basically just confirms that, like, Orient just doesn't really have outreach. Like, they don't... It's really difficult, I guess, for me to surmise or assume what their marketing approach is, but their marketing approach just basically just seems to be staring in the mirror and saying they're pretty. It's like, bro, like, fucking, like... You guys make such good watches. It's incredible. Yeah. In this case, there's there's a really cool chronograph that, you know, we. I mean, you found out and you showed it to me and I'm yeah. like, holy crap, that's that's amazing. It's so cool. Uh, you know, so we're going to do, we're going to put some more time, uh, some more research into it. But basically right now, it just seems like they don't have appropriate outreach. Now, they could. this could change because it actually says on their website, Michael, you and I think might have talked about it, um, Seiko Epson who is different from Seiko Watch Corp. Seiko Epson, who owns Orient, is basically doing a restructuring of their wearables department, which encompasses Orient watches. So yeah. maybe in some of this corporate restructuring, we might get some new uh, digital outreach programs or just some new initiatives to educate different consumers they haven't targeted, i.e. broke-ass watch snobs in the U.S. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like watch people, watch people like you and I who are super educated about the different products that we want to buy, but really underwhelmed by the majority of products that are offered to us. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So maybe, yeah, maybe this year, maybe 2017 will be the year of Orient. But but yeah. So um, in terms of a modern chronograph, I think it's super cool. Uh, I think it's also a really good indication that if you want a chronograph, but if you're for some reason like. I want my first chronograph to be something iconic or something expensive. Like, dude, like, no, like, you can do a quartz chronograph. Quartz chronographs are awesome, especially if you just want to play with the buttons. I am not comfortable playing with the buttons on my vintage chronograph. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, well, if you want iconic, um, you know, something something recently released that uh, is kind of up that alley, and it was uh, it was my pick for, you know, for... An affordable modern chronograph. What did you pick for your uh, modern one? And so it's the uh, it's the Bulova Moonwatch, and um, those things are so cool. Yeah, <laughs> those things are so cool. So the reason the reason I picked this one uh, was partly partly because of all the quartz talk that we've mm -hmm. had recently, you know, on the show, and you know, from from our listeners and hearing the feedback. You know, I was thinking of of picking up a quartz watch. Um, and, you know, my first inclination was to go with a diver. Yeah. You know, right. That's what you do. But, um, <laughs> you know, this, uh, this watch was actually pretty hard to get a hold of at first because really? Bulova, I, yeah, Bulova didn't really get the release right. Um, it wasn't released at first when they first said they were going to. So, oh. um, there's like an, an epic thread on Watch You Seek uh, that you can <laughs> kind of trace back where, you know, people at some point were just saying, oh, it's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this this is a watch that I've kind of I've followed for a while. And, um, you know, kind of now as they're trickling into the market and uh, becoming more affordable because people were just trying to, like, I don't know, make a huge profit off of, uh, you know, the units that first came in mm -hmm. um, that you can only get on eBay. But. Yeah, it's, so it's um, it's kind of like a basic, uh, just black dial sports chronograph, and uh, you know, if if you're a Speedmaster fan, you can almost immediately recognize the uh, the resemblance. Right. But um, 
this this is a watch that was kind of um it's it's a bull of a design and it's famous because or iconic i guess you can say uh because it belonged to or, or it was the same model that was worn by an astronaut called dave scott mm-hmm. and you know the story goes you can probably find a bunch of info on on bull of a site but he was issued a Speedmaster, and it malfunctioned in some way i think the crystal popped off oh shit but he decided to um, he decided to take this Bulova, which was gifted to him by the brand, um, on the mission. And I don't, th- I don't think he was supposed to either. <laughs> but um, bring my own watch. So he, you know, he had it as a backup, uh, and you know, actually, I think since every government-issued Speedmaster is technically government property. This was, I believe, the only personally owned watch that was worn on the moon. Oh, shit. Um, I did yeah. not realize that. And that's, it's pretty interesting if you think about it. And I think at auction, um, maybe sometime before before the Quartz version was, was released, I think it sold at auction for close to $2 million. So wait, the original watch the original Bulova moon watch wasn't a quartz wasn't a quartz chronograph or was a quartz chronograph or, or it was or, not it okay. was not a quartz chronograph yeah that that's another thing it was um i think i'm not sure if it was fully automatic or if it was it was one of those accutrons those things are badass no it, it was it was an actual I, I think it was it wasn't a it wasn't a quartz okay yeah. cool interesting wow but yeah one point yeah 1.62 million Wow. that watch sold for so it was pretty cool to um to see Bulova kind of you know honor this this kind of like iconic watch for for them you know because yeah. i mean who owns the space watch deal it's omega no matter what <laughs> um and uh you know it's the 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 modern one today i think is around like 44 45 millimeters so that changed and everyone was pissed about that. Now is that big, is that bigger or smaller than it's supposed to be? It's bigger. It's okay. bigger. Um, but yeah, for for around five hundred bucks, um, you get the ultra high frequency uh, bull of a movement, which I think is accurate to like ten seconds a year. Yeah. Um, the thing's five hundred bucks. That's not bad at all. Yeah, it's it's so cool, and uh, you, you can get it either on kind of a leather. Um, it's a leather strap, but the texture kind of imitates like carbon fiber. Okay. Um, and then there's another option that's just like, it's so cool for daily wear. Um, and it's just like a steel bracelet. And uh, you really get, you kind of get the Speedmaster vibe, but you don't at the same time. There are a lot of unique design cues, m- most notably the the pushers. Mm-hmm. They're like these big chunky pushers we, we can see. Um, and I think... You know, if you're someone that has never owned a chronograph or maybe doesn't want to spend too much, um, this this is probably a good option. The thing sounds uh, badass, actually. You know, it's super funny. So me not knowing the history behind the watch, what I had sort of gleaned from, like, uh, uh, glancing and skimming headlines is that it was, like, the backup watch that was issued to astronauts, which originally obviously was not the case. This guy just brought the watch because the MAGA he had wasn't working 
the way he needed it to. Yeah, and if you think about it, it probably got pretty heated back then because mm-hmm. at the time, Bolivar was an American company. Mm-hmm. And I think there were a lot of people that probably thought that our astronauts should be wearing American watches, but they weren't. Right. So um, it was kind of a big deal when, you know, he strapped on this Bulova, you know, when his Omega broke. That's um, That's crazy. But it's and, interesting. So like, when, when I see the watch, I immediately think, oh, yeah, Bulova, you know, moon watch. That's an awesome watch. It's, uh, it's a Speedmaster homage. But that's not the case. Oh, we're going to talk about homage watches, aren't we? <laughs> not, 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 I don't want to go full. <laughs> I don't want to go full throttle homage watches. But the thing is, well, that's my impression. But the reality is, it's almost a more ironic nod if you see that and you think it looks like a Speedmaster because they're obviously aware of this sort of um, weird impetus behind how the watch came to be known. It's like, oh, well, the Speedmaster broke. This guy wore this watch. Let's do a cool uh, kind of honoring of that watch and do this quartz moon watch. By the way, let's give it solid white hands on a black dial. You know, have it sort of take cues from the Speedmaster. But obviously, I don't think it's... I I I wouldn't consider it an homage. Now that I know the story, I wouldn't consider it an homage. I consider it an homage to the original Bulova that Dave Scott wore. Yes. Because yes. Um, that makes sense. If the thing is when you're if you're starting up a space program and you want your astronauts to have, you know, good equipment, mm-hmm. uh, a, a chronograph that's high contrast, black dial, white white hands, white markers, that's going to be pretty standard. Yeah. And um, you know, these these chronographs that were used uh, in space, a lot of them, that's not really what what they came from. They were they were driver's watches uh, yeah. before anything. Exactly. Because so, you also need that legibility there. Um, and I think I think this is a watch that could possibly coexist in a collection that has a Speedmaster. I think so too. Uh, now that I know the story, I super yeah. think that. And I don't, I don't think it's, uh, I don't, I'm not even going to call it like a poor man's Speedmaster. Right. I think uh, that's, that's probably something that, that maybe um, you might hear some people say. Sure. But I think, I think it's different in its own way, uh, especially with the, the ultra high frequency movement. You were talking about the um, one one hundredths of a second uh, mm-hmm. feature on that Orient. Yes. So this one, ha- this one measures, um one tenth of a second nice. so on the three o'clock subdial, you get that kind of like crazy motion but yeah. as the as the main chronograph seconds hand reaches 30 um that subdial stops and it does it to save the battery on oh. the uh yeah so that i mean that's that's a cool feature that's, that's not so something cool. you get you know and if you're <laughs> if you're talking mechanical that's going to be something that you know you know you spend like quarter of a million dollars <laughs> fp joran makes a makes a centigraph that measures one one hundredths and that thing is like it's amazing to look at but you know 
you can get it with a quartz watch. <laughs> but the thing is, so we're gonna. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm. It, this conversation is gonna get, re, get reanimated probably every goddamn episode. But then, why would someone spend a quarter of a million dollars on a mechanical version of a watch they could spend a fraction of the amount on with the quartz version? Like, why? Is it a status well, symbol thing? Because if I, because I, 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 I don't know. It could be a status symbol thing. It could be maybe quartz hate. It's just something like I don't. With people that are buying FP Journe, um, which is a brand that you're, I mean, think about think about the time when you knew nothing about watches and watch brands or anything like FP Journe. If you're if you're aware of the company and what they do and the watches that they make, you've already been on the forums quite a bit and like yeah. doing your research. You know, people that are buying FP Journe, they're not. I kind of. You can almost call them art collectors, you know, people that are just okay. into, you know, collecting these, you know, marvelous piece, pieces of engineering. Like F.P. Journe makes amazing watches. And I think, I don't even think they make like a thousand watches a year, like probably a little less. Um, so I, th- I think people don't buy them necessarily as a status symbol. And F.P. Journe is typically going to fly under the radar, you know, and in That's public true. or, or while you're in the office or whatever it's not it's not the blingy gold uh, rolex you know it's right. it's kind of something that i think these these uh, men and women are purchasing because they they know exactly what they want and uh i'm not going to say it's a uh, higher taste or anything but it's um you know it's just something a little bit more special okay that'd be the, a, that, you have a good point it's you can't you don't walk into a room with uh, an FP Journe on, and everyone immediately knows how much money you spent, or immediately knows, oh, that's a really like it's it's a that's a good, it's a super under the radar watch. So yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's just it's such a it's such a layered discussion. Yeah, but both of these, both the the Orient Chrono and and the Bulova, you know, I, I don't know how often I'm gonna need to measure one tenth of a second, but it's there. <laughs> It looks really cool with the ultra high frequency movement. The the center seconds hand actually, uh, not not the main one for the chrono. The main one for the chronograph has like a smooth sweep to it. Yeah. Which is great. You know, it's it's not like a cheap gas station chronograph that you know whatever. Um, but also the the center seconds uh, sub dial, um, the hand ticks twice every second. So you get kind wow. of this unique um, sweep. But it's kind of it stutters a bit, and right. it's just, it looks really cool. So wait, it's if, different. If the if the if the main chronograph seconds, if it is a clean sweep, that means it's one of those tuning fork Accutrons, right? One of those precision cords below this. I don't think it's part of the Accutron line. But it has um, a, it has that below the technology in it. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to double check on. It's definitely not a tuning fork. Movement. Okay. I don't, okay. I don't think uh, I don't think Bulova makes any true tuning fork watch i could be wrong though because um, if you if you've ever actually held one of the old ones mm-hmm. there's an actual hum to it like oh, there's a there's a, yeah, there's a hum to the to the tuning fork uh movement so interesting but if they do still make something like that that's really cool that's super cool yeah no i wasn't sure that's because you know that's also one of the things people bring up when they say oh i don't like quartz i don't like seeing like the tick 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 well if i can look at a bulova because those things have a clean sweep you know what i mean yeah i think if you're if you don't like uh, let's say you're you're looking to buy a, cor- a chronograph um and uh yeah that's a problem you have 
the ticking or whatever Mm -hmm. uh just just look for something that's a little bit different um and, and there's there's a lot there's a lot of that in quartz watches just just off the top of my head the the mundane stop to go watch that thing is so cool dude two quartz movements inside of the watch just do that that unique kind of sweep where the second sand like stops at 12 and it like pauses for two seconds and then the minute changes that's really cool it's super cool i i have a question are you are you spitting seeds into a spittoon bucket oh do you hear that in the back yeah yeah what is that is that you is that what That that might that's I think Nora's doing dishes. That's fine. I just wanted to make sure because if you were if you were dipping, bro, like let me know. We'll dip together. All right. Like don't don't do that shit alone. You know what I mean? Don't I think, don't dip alone. <laughs> I think pretty standard is like a big uh, Powerade bottle. That's oh what my that, god, you're you right. It's into. so it's so disgusting. <laughs> uh, man. But uh. But yeah, so yeah. It, it, it's it, so two pretty interesting, I think, so so far we've talked about two affordable chronographs that I don't think would make a chronograph list. Me talking about that fucking bonkers-ass Orient Speedtech chronograph, for God's sakes, do not buy any of those watches till I buy on Watch Family. Now I gotta buy, <laughs> now I gotta buy it like tonight, you know what I mean? So like, people don't buy it. Do it, do, I'll convince them. <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm gonna do it soon. I, I have a plan. Okay. I have a plan. Uh, we, we kill the Batman. Uh, no, so uh, uh, we talked about the Orient Speed Tech. Super, super cool. Um, we talked about the, the Belova Moonwatch, which I always saw. I always thought was badass, but like I didn't know the full story behind it. So that's, so, that's so cool you knew the story behind it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think Dave Scott... Um, I think that's Apollo 17. I'm not sure. But uh, he, he's he got a pretty cool track record, too. I, I mean, <laughs> granted, if you're... If you're an astronaut, if you're an astronaut, yeah, <laughs> you know. Oh you're, yeah, you're, you know, uh, he flew to the moon and then afterwards he went back to work at Tesco pumping gas. Like, oh shit, that sucks. <laughs> you're you're a different kind of being altogether. <laughs> um, but that's that's another story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Amazon maybe around five hundred fifty bucks, uh, maybe a little bit more if you go with the bracelet. But Man, you know, awesome. take, we'll we'll post we'll post some photos of the new one and. Um, I know where to find some photos of the uh, the old one, and they're they're damn cool watches. That's so um, cool. I've been staring at this one for a while, so who <laughs> knows? I don't know. Are you thinking? Are you thinking about adding it? Adding it to the box? <laughs> I'm trying to. Uh, well, I, if I did, I wouldn't feel bad because I've been contemplating it for so long. Right. But I'm trying to. I'm trying to really make sure, like. 2017's purchases are like very educated i don't want to shoot from the hip on anything uh but considering the fact that i've been looking for uh for just like an awesome quartz watch mm-hmm. recently uh, that might be the one between maybe that one and that citizen pro master diver that we always talk about oh um, yeah <laughs> those, the eco drive yeah those two are gonna pro- probably go head to head if I do get something soon, those we'll are see. those are also complete different price points. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I've seen I've seen that Citizen kind of go as high as like two thirty or something like that. Yeah, yeah different different price points. Yeah, but um, I totally hear you. But both awesome quartz technology. You know what I mean? Not yeah. like you said, your gas station quartz watch. You know, and for and for these modern chronographs that we're talking about, we both we both went straight to quartz. 
Um, yeah, man. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Kind of uh, under a thousand, under a thousand dollars. Modern chronograph. The only thing I can think of that isn't quartz is maybe those seagulls that you see people. I was have going sometimes. to say you can find them on sale. You can find a Hamilton Pan Euro chronograph for sale under a thousand bucks. Sometimes that's not normal. Oh, but I you can about that one. find those. They're they're a modular uh, chronograph on an Edam movement, so they're kind of thick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if you like a vintage chrono vibe, but if you don't want something tiny and you don't want to spend over a thousand bucks, and you really for some reason are butt hurt by a quartz chronograph, which is ridiculous in my opinion. <laughs> That's my opinion. Um, it's an interesting watch to look at. And to, to look at prospectively, but yeah, yeah, you can. I know, I know some folks during the holidays picked it up for under a thousand bucks on. Uh, oh wow! On gray market. You know what I that's mean? That's probably brand new, right? Yeah, that's new. That's new. Cool. Nice. So that's the old. Uh, I, uh, in terms of not quartz, that's the only one uh, uh, that's that uh, that that's under a thousand bucks. I, I uh, when I when I talk, I shake my hands a lot, and I keep forgetting when I wear my Poljot three one three three. I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> do, do you get scared you're going to break it? Just I get scared from... I'm going to break it. And the problem is mine is uh, mine's a weird transition year where the crystal is kind of held in by this, like, not very helpful ring. So when I move the watch, the ring vibrates, and it scares me. You know? Okay. <laughs> because I keep thinking the movement's shaking. Because every now and then um, I have to constantly tighten the screws on my big zero because the movement, the case screws come loose. Because I think someone used like screws from their glasses to repair the watch last whoever whoever <laughs> had it before me. So um, every time I wear a vintage watch, I have to like not you know gesticulate with my hands when I talk about watches. So and I just did that like I just shook my hand as I was as I was uh, you know, violently describing something and like I just heard the the from my watch and I'm like oh please God no not not like this. Yeah, that's that's kind of a weird feeling, and I know exactly what you're what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had a vintage watch in the collection in a while, but I know when I would wear like the Smiths, um, I would still feel that even after like getting it overhauled. Yeah, um, yeah. I just just like just wearing it or like moving the wrong way, like oh, I'm gonna do something to this watch and I'm just gonna break it. But it, there's there's a permanence to these watches, and that's why they they exist the way that they do. And I think it's just something I have to kind of convince myself to, to know that even, even a vintage watch, it's still okay to, to beat around or just to an ex- exist with to an extent. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, for some weird reason, I have no fear when I wear, I have some fear, but not like I have less fear with my vintage watches than when I wear my, uh, Omega Seamaster 30, the old one, the, the one that's like the, that's the size of a quarter. Mm-hmm. That's just from 1962. It's an early manual wine, 286 caliber watch. It is in dire need of repair, but there's something still very tough about that watch. You know what I mean? Oh, sure. Yeah. And I'm like not afraid to walk around, to shake my hands, to to you know, air drum in the in the car when Sayosin comes on. Like like I'm yeah. not afraid to do that with that watch on. You know. So. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, should I? Okay, so now we did modern quartz. I assume the next shift is going to be affordable vintage 
automatic yeah. chronographs? Yes. Yeah, so or not, not, not um, even automatic. So so should I? Obviously, I'm going to talk about my polar jot. Should I do that? And then do you want to do whatever one you have? Yeah. Well, we've talked about we've talked about this one uh, this one a bit, and uh, you know how you how you kind of took your time um, you know making the purchase and you you've had it you got it recently though um, I bought this uh, like a month like a month or two ago maybe okay maybe less less than that time is very strange to me um, the way I measure time is just when people ask me to do things so the more things people ask me to do the more quickly I interpret time moving you know what I'm saying okay and so um, I, I'm in like New Year's break where I haven't gone to work in a few days and no one's asked me to do anything. So I don't really know. I don't really know what time it is. Yeah. It like feels... when you were when you were texting me like, oh, hey, man, you know, ready to record. I'm like, oh, my God, what fucking time is it? Like what? What day is yeah, it? You're, you're walking around in Disney. I was, I was walking around Disney. I was throwing up sumo shots earlier. Walking around <laughs> Disney, man. The um, best place to lose uh, your sense of time. I had, I had, I had such a blast. I, 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 for people that don't know, I live right next to Disney. I fucking love it. It's so, <laughs> it's so cool. You know what I mean? So if, if you were on our feed and you're like, this motherfucker goes to Disney all the time. Yeah. I live next to Disney. So it's not like I'm flying down or I'm driving all the time. Like I live next to Disney. Yeah. And so, you're, and you're an annual pass holder and I'm an annual pass holder. So <laughs> A lot of the shots are going to come from Disney and parks all over the place because I, I love living here. But um, but yeah, so 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 I think I got the pole jot 31, 33. It must have been a month or two months ago. I can find out specifically and put it in the show notes. But yeah, but I spent a long time figuring out. I spent a long time trying to make the right purchase. It took, like I said earlier, it took me about roughly a year, maybe a little less than a year. So I would see watches that were perspective, but. I would not make the purchase, and it's the the reason is the same reason. And I've talked to a lot of a lot of users that have actually contacted me and just talked and asked about Russian watches. And then the first thing I always tell them if you're really gonna, if you're really serious about getting into Russian watches, you have to develop your eye to immediately spot a Franken watch. What is a Franken watch? A Franken watch is basically a watch that looks like something it's marketed as, but it's cobbled together by pieces from potentially the same type of watch but from different eras or complete right. different fucking watches so it's, it's actually kind of complicated so i would say the thing the problem is it's not i don't think they're worried about authenticity authenticity i don't know why i put the emphasis on the fucking weird part of the word i don't think <laughs> they're worried about authenticity over there because the majority of the watches as we said before when you're going to Soviet watches they're coming from former soviet union places so bulgaria uh, Ukraine, uh, Russian Federation, these are the main places you're going to see these watches coming from. And so if a watch servicer looks at a watch there and needs to fix it, he'll pull parts from wherever the fuck he needs to pull parts from to fix the watch, to have the watch running. Because over there, in their minds, I surmise, it's more important to them that the watch is running and looks good than it being authentic to its time period. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I, so... I, I, it's the case with most, um, you know, vintage watch repairs, and I think a lot of times it's hard to find a, you know, vintage watch that has been uh, repaired to collector's standards. Because yeah, that's yeah. that's the only concern that it looks good and that it runs. Yeah, so that's why you'll see uh, the movement might be right, but the case is totally wrong. And the reason they put it in this case is because this case looks better. 
than yeah. the case it was in before. And so someone was um, asking me, like, well, why is that also so prevalent? Like, how is that possible? Do they just, like, 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 like jam things together? Do they have to, like, like MacGyver things? So there were different types of movements across the different watch factories uh, in Russia, but they were all very, very similar to each other. So if uh, I'm in, so here, I'll use Raketa as an example. The Raketa 2609 is a goddamn ubiquitous, really awesome 18 or 17 jewel, 18 17 jewel manual wine movement that you will see in so many fucking Raketas. It's not even funny. Different dials, different cases, different whatever, same movement. The issue that that presents is since the movement is the same size in all these watches, most likely the dial is the same size. And so the place where the movement goes and the dial attaches to in the case is the same size, which basically hmm. means you can use movement components from a complete different watch to fix this watch because it's all designed for this to fit the same size stuff. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And that's what's happening with these pole jots. There have been several different iterations of the pole jot. Uh, 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 3133 movement that they're almost interchangeable across the spectrum. There are some exceptions, obviously, um, but that's what you have to look out for, and that's what I spent so long doing, because I would find a piece on Etsy, which is fucking bizarre. If I, I, I think I mentioned this before. There are a lot of Soviet watches on Etsy, and they're really, really well-priced, because I think them motherfuckers are trying to dodge the eBay fees. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, do you not have to deal with fees on Etsy? I don't know, but I've literally seen the same vendors selling things on Etsy than less than they're selling for on eBay. Ah, okay. Really fucking weird. I don't know how it works, um, but if you were looking for a place to find a quote-unquote like gem, a place that wasn't plundered by billions of other Raketa fanatics before you, as weird as it sounds, check out Etsy. E-T-S-Y. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I was talking to a fan, because I mentioned it in a previous show, I was talking to a fan, and he was like, yeah, I never knew that that website existed, and he's in Europe. So if you're in Europe, and you want to get into Soviet watches, and you don't want to break the bank, and you want to kind of just look at a place that you feel like maybe a lot of eyes haven't been, fucking check out Etsy. Weird. Weird shit. Um, for people that don't know, it's like a handcraft, like a handcrafted goods, like hobby, uh, like they make wallets, and they'll do all kinds of things, and... Uh, jewelry and like stuff you make at home and it's, 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 it's really weird it's not my thing but they sell soviet watches um hmm. weirdly enough so i would look on ebay on things like that and i would see a watch that was good but i would notice that something was off with the movement the dial might be from you know the mid 70s which is like the golden period golden period being early 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 pole jot 3133s but the movement would have uh, a reset hammer from post seventy or from from post like uh, nineteen seventy seven or yeah you know what I'm saying, um, so it's just really tr a struggle trying to find something that's authentic, and here's the other issue also if I find a pole jot thirty one thirty three that has all the right pieces and parts from the right potential year time frame. Does that mean they were original to the piece or someone frankened the watch with the right pieces? And if someone frankened the watch with the right pieces, do you care? Does yeah, that does it matter? Does that does it matter? Does it devalue the watch? It depends on how the kind would you of... how would you know? Um, I suspect that might be the case with my watch, because whoever reapplied the hands to the dial didn't have padded tweezers. 
because the hands have scratch marks all over them. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't noticed. <laughs> it's 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 I only I only saw it with my loop. It is fucking like impossible to just like look and be like, oh yeah, there's a bunch of scratch marks over here. You know what I mean? Like it's so I I suspect that might be the case with mine. Do I care? I mean, not really, because what's to say? All the parts weren't in the factory at the same time in that time period anyway. It's just that these parts ended up in a watch 10 watches down the assembly line. You know right. what I mean? So if you, were, if you were to ask me when I first got into watches and when I was still like an automatic quartz snob, I'd be like, oh, mm, mm, I only wear, I only wear 100%. If all these watches weren't attached to their mother by the same umbilical cord, I don't, I don't want to put them on my wrist. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Another thing I noticed about the, the pole jot and I don't know why it took me so long to notice um, the bezel. So it's an internal rotating bezel, right? It is an internal rotating bezel. Yeah, the the crown is and on the a, left side. And it's a twelve-hour bezel, so you can you can do two time zones with it, right? Technically, yes. Do you ever you ever use it for that? Uh, no, because it just occurred to me when you when when you mentioned it. <laughs> because the problem is er- ergonomically, it is a really bad place for the crown to be. Like I have, I have to look like I'm like manipulating my insulin pump if I want to try and like turn the crown <laughs> on the watch. So it's very right. inconvenient. I'll I'll do it if I if I need to have a good cry in the bathroom. I want to and I want to make sure ten minutes don't go by. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. But like I won't actively use the internal rotating bezel. But yeah, no, it's got it, and it is it is twelve hours. So if you if that's an added feature, awesome. To you like that's like that's yeah it's cool you know what i mean yeah because these were um well you have a civilian version but um the military version was for pilots correct so my understanding is that i believe the original ones were made for the navy i could totally oh. be wrong okay. i could totally be wrong but the original ones that were made were the ones so the 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 the, the the pole job thirty one thirty three that you're never gonna see, and if you do, if you do see it, and if it is super authentic, and if it's all original and you know it's real and it's for sale, it's not gonna be in the price range of other ones. It's the original. Um, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but Okia or Okea dials. It's O K E A H. These are different in that they have like a blue sort of band crowing going across the sub dials, and yeah. it says Okea, so it won't say. Uh, Poljot, it won't have the Stermansky logo or any of that stuff. It'll say Okia, 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 I don't know. And so it's my understanding that uh, uh, naval officers didn't have a chronograph that they could work with because when the Soviet Union became the Soviet Union, a tenet of communism is self-reliance. And so at the time, watches that were coming into Russia were basically Swiss, German, uh, or British. Or they were purchasing parts from all over the place and assembling them in uh, St. Petersburg or in Moscow, like independent like jeweler watch shops, only for like the rich bourgeois people. So basically overnight when communism became communism, they stuck with the stock they had left over from that. But then when that ran out, as that was running out, they had to figure out how to make their own watches. And so the watches they first started making um, were super simple, like three-handers. But as the Red Army started growing, as uh, you know, the space race sort of became a thing. As like scientific and technical instruments started becoming more and more popular, there was a, a demand for a military chronograph, and that's mm-hmm. what this was. That's the the Polar Job thirty one thirty three was basically 
designed off of uh, plans purchased from Valju for the Valju 7734. Just to correct myself, an episode or two episodes ago, like a dickhead, I said the Polar Drop 3133 is based off the Valju 7733. I, I, that, was a, that was a goddamn lie. I don't know why I said that. I got my numbers mixed up. The Valju <laughs> 7733 is a really awesome, ubiquitous chronograph moving. You'll see it all over the place, all over the place in like really fun, affordable chronographs. So from stuff you've never heard of, like Le Jour, to shit you have heard of, like Bulova. So the the, the Valju 7733 isn't a lot of really cool um, Swiss chronographs like that. That is not. So if you heard that and you wrote that down and you put that as like the answer to number 10 on your test, you got the answer fucking wrong, and I'm super sorry. <laughs> uh, the Poljot 3133 is based off of purchase plans from the Valju 7734. I don't know if any of those numbers matter to anyone, but it matters to me. Because like when I heard it on the playback, I'm like, fuck. Now everyone knows I'm not proper. Fuck. You hey, man, I mean? like you said, like you said, you know, if if you're looking into these, you have to, you got to do your research and you have to yeah, um, run through the numbers, you know, be it price or reference numbers or movement numbers and yeah. just figure out uh, what it is that you're getting exactly. Yeah, you um, have to. With the, with, with the Russian watches, especially the issue becomes it's really easy if you know what you're looking for to authenticate the Rakata 2609. Or the, the, the Vostok 2209, or whatever the fuck it is. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. they're really simple, manual, wind, three-bridge movements. You know what I mean? The yeah. chronograph is fucking a little bit... It's a little bit more difficult because there's more going on back here. You have your reset levers. You have your extra, extra chronograph reels. Then you, got, you have the goddamn internal rotating bezel gears you have to contend with. It's fucking weird. In addition to that, early, early 3133s some of the parts were interchangeable with the Valju 7734. So there's even more potential to kind of franken the watch. Although people who are going to franken the watch, it's going to be a lot more difficult for them to get a hold of 7734s. Mm. But if you were ever to get one older, like an older Okia or an older Sturmansky, which doesn't have a logo, it just has the aviation wings after the Okia. If you were to get one of those and you needed parts, you could just try and find a watch with the Valju 7734. Those early ones will 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 work. You know what I mean? Very cool. Um, losing my place. But yeah, no, so I spent a long time looking. Um, what I want to point out is, so if this is a watch you're interested in, uh, if you're interested in vintage chronographs, you can you can find great, great examples for between 400 and 600 bucks. If you look on eBay right now, you will see some on there for, I gotta stop shaking my wrist, this thing is really making bad noises. You will, you, I'm really selling the watch now. You will see, you'll see pieces on eBay for way more than that. Don't buy those. Just think of it this way. Think of, think of eBay as, uh, hold on, my cat's trying to get my attention. What's up, sweetie, you all right? Oh, you're a kitty. Uh, think of the, the pole job 3133s on eBay right now for 900 bucks. Think of those as the dregs. The watches that got left behind by people who snatched up the other watches for a reason. These watches mm. got left behind for a reason because they're overpriced or what I've noticed is they're fake. So I wanted huh. to point out, not fake, but they're Franken. And I'm not paying $900 for a fucking Franken watch. You know what yeah, I mean? Because I think, I think I've sent you, maybe every once in a while, I'll, I'll send you like an eBay link and mm -hmm. uh, you know I'll send it to Kaz and say like, oh man, this, this one must be real deal because it's like, I don't know, it's like $900. Yeah. Like maybe this is, you know, totally authentic, totally original. And, and you've you've written back and said like, nah, man, this is completely like just hack job yeah. kind, of th kind of thing. They're, they're, um, you, you'll find them for a reason. That's why it took me like a year because 
you have to be quick. If something pops up and it's good condition and it's good good price, someone's gonna buy it super, super quick. So if yeah. you're looking and you have to make the, the choice quickly, you have to know, you have to be able to tell, fuck, that's not right on the watch. I'm not paying money for it. So the things that you can do to figure out the authenticity or kind of to deduce whether a watch is franken, the number one thing is the, uh, the loom. So what you're going to see a lot of, especially in the expensive watches, because remember, the guys in Russia and former Soviet places that are selling these watches are selling them not because they're like authentic to the history. They're selling them because they think they're cool and that, yeah, they have some sort of like kitsch uh, souvenir factor. They think they're cool, and so they'll do whatever they can to make them look nice to charge more. So there's a company in uh, fucking China, I think it's in China, that will do reproduction dials of these things. That also mm. fucking confuses the whole situation. There's a place in China or somewhere in Asia that do counterfeit Poljot 313 dials. They'll do counterfeit, sweetheart, stop eating tape. They'll do counterfeit, um, like with the Cyrillic, they'll do counterfeit, especially Okia dials. The Okia dials are the ones that get counterfeited the most because those are the ones that people want the most. So the best way to tell is that the original loom on these Poljot 33s uh, is fucking disgusting. It's like green <laughs> nuclear Hulk paste. I don't know what kind of like carcinogenic phosphorus, like radium loom. It's not radium. Uh, they radium was banned before in radium was banned in watches in Russia before it was in Switzerland. Just to give you perspective, okay? Hmm. Um, it's disgusting. It looks like paste. It looks cakey. It's gross. So it's what you're, very, it's very unique. Looking looking at a photo of uh, yours right now. It's it's very unique. Um, it's because it, it still has it has this very cool almost like a like aesthetic looking green like oh they chose this green for the aesthetics like no it's loom dude it's a function it's you know it's a it's a military piece you know um mm. it's very bright green if you see an okia or a poljot 31 uh, 33 watch and it has uh like light almost transparent loom super fake super fake it's all it's also always in the wrong quantities It'll be in like the wrong distribution. Like it will be like the the loom on the one hour marker will be way less than on the six. So it's uneven. It's going to be very very transparent. Also, and this is what you'll also uh, this is what they always fuck up is that the dial is reproduction and has the has the wrong loom. The the hands and rotating bezel will have the right loom. So if you're looking <laughs> if you if you're looking because they'll just they'll just pull the hands off of another watch. That's fine. Hold on, cat. You really gotta stop eating tape, okay? <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'm trying to talk to my friends here. Excuse me, sweetie. Um, so if you're looking at a watch and the dial markers have like white, really clean, transparent loom, but the hour hands and the internal bezel have uh, green, cakey paste loom, it's a redial. You know what I mean? It's hmm. a redial. Now, if they if it's a redial and they're charging 150 bucks for it, that fucking that's a great price. Whatever, dude. You yeah. know, and if they're fourth, a lot of times they'll say like reissue or redial. Not a lot of times, but like well, if they're charging very little, they will be very forthcoming with it. Or if you see one for that little price and they say authentic rare U.S.S.R. Navy chronograph and it looks like that, the loom is all wrong. Like, don't buy it. It's <laughs> it's been franken because if they frankened, if they had the fucking audacity to franken the dial, who the fuck else knows what else they did? You know? Yeah. So the loom is the first indication. The second really quick way um, 
if the thing doesn't have a movement shot, don't fucking buy it. Just don't, just don't buy it. The 3133 has to have a movement shot because that's going to be the best way you can figure out what day or what, not what day, what year this thing is from. And what I love doing is I love looking at the reset hammer and the reset lever for the chronograph. So Mike, I sent you that link. Uh, I sent Michael a link for Polnax 3133. Um, it's like an authentication guide. Um, you might have seen similar, uh, similar information on Watch You Seek. I love this link. I love this information. It is super, super invaluable. I've sent this link before to people interested in the chronograph. It's such an awesome crash course in understanding this. So, Mike, if you scroll and just look for the thing that says Evolution of the Poljot Cal 3133, it's going to be right. a picture of this thing without the case back, and it'll be a bunch of red and green like lines. Let's take a look. Mm-hmm. in my chrome app here we go all right okay so yep. you see you see this thing so you see that the the two red lines on the very top right that say reset hammer reset lever yep so this area over here closest to where the 12 hour would be you see there's a weird ice cream cone shaped kind of plate yeah the, the that changed after 1977 1977 basically this is a two-piece reset hammer for your chronograph after hmm. 1977 it turned into one piece okay okay so if you're looking at a watch and it has a dial we'll talk about dials and it has a dial from the you know the mid 80s and if you look at the back and it has the two-piece uh, uh uh reset lever from free 1977 that's kind of weird. That's an indication that something is off with the watch. Do more investigating. You know it's what I mean? Of, kind of a big indicator. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Do some investigating. Look into the balance wheel. The balance wheel changed from like brass to stainless steel at a certain point. There are all kinds of little, little things. The uh, the stamps over in this chronograph uh, bridge plate. How the fuck do I describe it? It looks like a V. It looks like a stealth fighter. The V. Yeah. Um, the font changes. The number of uh, the number of, of digits they I know the number of digits they used for the serial number changed. Sometimes the serial numbers reset because who gives a fuck? <laughs> so, <laughs> so you have to look at the number in conjunction with the font in conjunction with whether or not it says twenty one joules or twenty one kmeh or whatever the fuck it is. So it's so much detective work that it's not surprising if you tell me, yeah, man, it took me a year to find one that was cool, mm. to find one that looked good. So for me, that's a really good indication. So just look for a movement shot. Look for that two-piece. I'll put a link in the show notes or whatever. Or if you can't find it in the show notes on SoundCloud or whatever the fuck we use, you can just DM me. I'll send you the link. If you see that back there, and if we get to the next part I'm going to talk about, and if it doesn't match the age of the dial, something's wrong. You know what I mean? Even if the dial loom is correct, if the movement in the dial year don't match, that's, that's weird. You know, do more research. So basically, the dials. So the, the dial is a third thing. Uh, I'm gonna try and get past this really quick, Michael. Because I realize I've been talking for God knows how long, and I want to give you time because I want to hear about. <laughs> it's yours. all good. <laughs> the dial is probably like the dial is the most sexy thing about this watch, and it's the thing that people like are super romantic about, especially if it has Cyrillic, so the Russian alphabet. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the all the backwards ends. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, the earliest earliest dials. That came out in the pole job 3133s were the Okias. 
And so the Akitas were produced from basically 1975 all the way into the 90s. The problem is all the way into the 90s, it gets kind of weird because in the early 90s, the company came under different ownership, not different ownership, but it gets really weird because that's when the Soviet Union collapses. So if you're looking for Okia, you're going to want one of the older ones. So you're going to want one, you're going to want an Okia dial with the two-piece uh, chronograph reset lever. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? If you see an Okia dial and it has the one-piece, it could be a genuine. It could all totally be genuine, but it's not going to be the rare early one. You know what I'm saying? Right. So the first ones were the Okias. The second one, or the, the kind of second one was, um, and I think this might be why you thought it was a flight watch. It has the Sturmansky wings. The Sturmansky kind of logo. Yeah. Yeah. There's no words. It's just the goddamn wings. Those were in like the late 70s. Those came out okay. in conjunction with Poljot in Cyrillic. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. So uh, there's a really, really great graph that uh, Polmax313.com has. I'll put that up in the link as well. Um, what I would recommend is I locate where that where that chronograph uh, reset lever is. If it's two pieces, see if it matches the dial. So if you okay, so let me just figure this out here for example. So okay, here uh, if you see the Sturmansky logo, but it has color. So if you see the Sturmansky logo and it has the green and it has the yellow wings and it's the all gray dial, and if you turn it around and it has the two piece reset lever, that's a red flag because the gray dial Sturmansky uh, dial. Uh, uh, the gray Dallas Romansky Polter 3133s with the green and the yellow in the logo came out in 1986 when I was fucking born. Huh. But that but that movement is pre-1977. So something's wonky there. So it's that weird like Venn diagram of like detective work you have to do. And like I drove myself crazy. That's why I say it probably shouldn't be the first chronograph you own because before even getting into the fucking chronograph like function and it's a it's a cam it's a it's a cam lever chronograph i'm still trying to figure out if the goddamn thing is real you know what i'm saying so how how often do you use a chronograph are you are you like scared to use it i've used it probably 20 times okay (laughs) i'm scared to use it because um so it's not a column wheel it's not smooth to press it's cam it sort of feels like uh how can i describe it you ever eat food and you're eating food and someone dropped like a bag of sand in there and you get that crunch, that like surprise gravelly soil crunch. Sure. It's yeah, that kind of like, yeah, all the time. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're, 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 you're a vegan. So yeah, it's yeah. that, it's that surprise of a, oh, this doesn't feel right. I'm not pressing that button again. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it works. It works just fine. Well, it's sort of just fine. Um, it doesn't always reset to zero. It resets to zero based on where my wrist is. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to have someone look at it or that's just how it is like I said I wouldn't recommend it as a first chronograph um, I would recommend it to someone who is a seasoned Soviet watch collector you know what I mean if you really wanted the challenge if you were def- if you found an original uh, uh, you know 1967 amphibia 2209 Vostok which is which is goddamn impossible uh, it's not possible, but if you find it, it's going to look like they pull it out of fucking Emotep's colon because it's going to look awful. You know what I mean? Hmm. Or uh, if you found the Big Zero and it's and, and it's an original, or if you got if you were able to authenticate properly the year of the Raketa, you know, perpetual calendar, and you're like, yeah, I want to see what else I can do, try to get in the Poljot 3133. It's it's a lot of fun. I love it. I think it's cool. 
I just love the history behind the watch. I love all the detective work. I'll put all this information up on, on the fucking show notes because there's no goddamn way anyone remembered anything I've talked about in the past however long <laughs> I've been talking. But what's that? I mean, you, you did you did the legwork, man, and uh, you know, it shows and that's that's just what you have to do sometimes when you when you're really just uh driving yourself crazy about a watch and you yeah. you yeah. want the right one. And the thing is they're so affordable. That's the point. Four to yeah. six hundred bucks. You can find one for four to six hundred bucks. I would not spend more than that. If you see one okay. that's more than that and it looks really good, hit us up. Send us a link. Email us tbws.contact at gmail or hit us up on Instagram at twobrokewatchnobs. Have us look at it. I mean, maybe for some reason there's something aligned and, it's, and, and it works. Maybe it's an original, one of the early uh, production Okias. And we're like, yeah, dude, it's worth the few uh, hundred extra. Yeah, but I would, would really nuts. prefer to look at it before before yeah, that would be amazing. Oh, the other thing, I didn't write this down, but it just occurred to me. So you're gonna hear if you go and watch you see, you're gonna hear people talking about the division between military dials and civilian dials. A lot of watch collectors, and I'm sort of one, doesn't really subscribe to the idea that only civilians bought the civilian dials. What mm -hmm. it basically means is they were just available for commercial purchase. You could watch and walk into a store and buy one. They weren't distributed from the government. The government loved distributing watches for honors and to the military. Um, the way you can also tell, and that, and that, uh, that happened, oh, fuck balls, I gotta get my years right. That happened around the 80s. That happened around the early 80s when the first civilian dials came. My watch, I know, is a civilian dial. Um, just based off the style of the dial, the movements, and in addition, this is the big thing, the case back. If your case back is stamped with the star and all the backwards Russian Cyrillic writing, it is a, it, that's a military case back. So if you have a military case back, but you have a civilian dial on there, what else did they franken? You know what I mean? Right. So that's a, that's, also, that's a quick way to tell. If, this, if the case back is stamped, that is a military case back. Now, if anything I've said is completely fucking wrong, someone has to correct me because I'm constantly learning. So if that's not the case, someone tell me. But that is always my understanding. The ones that were commercially available... The one that Boris could fucking walk into and purchase from a store, they would not have been stamped. So that's where <laughs> that's where the civilian dial comes from. But uh, but yeah, that's that's my vintage pick. I love it. I think it's a great chronograph. I wouldn't recommend it as a first chronograph, but I would recommend it as someone that was really fucking super interested in getting into a watch hunt, like a watch detective hunt. Like if you wanted yeah. to go full uh, John Nash, beautiful mind, like writing on the wall, talking to Paul Bettany when no one else is around. Like on like that kind of detective hunt. If you've never seen Beautiful Mind, none of what I just in the past ten seconds makes any sense. But if you, want, I love that movie. <laughs> I love that movie, man. If you really want to sink your teeth in something that will consume you and you'll have so much fun doing, you gotta try and get one of these watches. It's just, yeah. it's just really cool. I love it. It's kind of, it's kind of the same with the, uh, with my vintage pick, and it's, it's sad too, um, you know, because they're they can be so affordable, but now. Um, sort of opposite with the with the uh pole jot kind mm -hmm. of the the real authentic real deal ones are are getting pretty pricey um what did you what did you, what, did, what is your pick so um the one the one that i picked for um a vintage chrono is actually the it's part of the seiko 5 series uh way back in the 70s it's the 6139-7010 and um that's uh it's part of the speed timer line okay and um 
you know, it's so when I hear six one three nine, I think Pogue. Is it the Pogue? I'm looking it up right now. Is it, is, is this is it the Seiko Pogue? It's not the Pogue. Okay. Um, so the Pogue is also a sixty one thirty nine, but um, the suffix is different. It's sixty zero two. So this is this is six one. I'm googling right now just so I can have reference. The six one three nine. What's the rest of the, of the reference? Uh, hold on. Even I forget it sometimes. Yeah, you, seventy ten. Okay. Yeah. Do you, I can't keep any of these fucking Seiko uh, numbers straight at all. Yeah. Yeah, so this one's cool because uh, you get the... What? Uh, this thing is crazy. Yeah, yeah. You get the kanji dial. It's got the Seiko 5 Sports, uh, you know, branding. And, oh, man, are they hard to find these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, and kind of, you know, with with any vintage watch, um, you know, I don't I don't have the kind of breakdown that you have for for the pole jot. But uh, basically, with these Seikos, um, you know, over the years, you do have uh, a lot of Frankenwatch models. Okay. And these are actually kind of counterfeited in some ways. They're made really? Frankenwatches to be to be passed off as authentic, purposely. Wow. Um, okay. I see. I and, wouldn't. I wouldn't think that would happen with Seiko fives. Yeah. Yeah. For these, uh, more recently in the past. Uh, you know, a few years they they've become pretty popular, um, and the cool the cool thing about these, um, you know, anything from the sixty one thirty eight or sixty one thirty nine like chronograph family, mm-hmm. uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome uh, as far as a vintage chronograph. Um, it's a good choice, and I don't think Seiko makes many automatic chronograph movements today. Uh, certainly not budget chronographs. No, not, um, no, yeah. I was gonna say not budget. A lot of quartz yeah. chronographs. Yeah. Um, but the thing with these uh, is condition. So a lot of times, c- kind of one of the established rules with buying vintage Seiko is, you know, you only buy from from USA dealers. Uh, a lot of the counterfeits and kind of wonky Franken watches come from Singapore and Indonesia. Right. Um, and a lot of these watches uh, have been damaged over the years. Okay. So, um, so one of one of the things you look for is kind of blackened markers or like black loom. And we've talked about this before. The the loom on Seiko's is salt based. So any kind of moisture that got into the watch. Uh, is gonna turn the hands like black, and Weird. same thing with the markers. So yeah. if you, so that would be an indication that it was authentic. Uh, authentic, but also with water damage. So. <laughs> but the thing is, that's good. That helps you know it's real. So it, it's interesting because then, is it the same case? What will happen sometimes with some of the uh, uh, pole jot chronographs? If someone gets their hands on it, oh, dude, no one's gonna buy this. The loom looks disgusting. Will they replace yeah. it? Um, sometimes people do reloom, uh, and that's pretty, that's pretty easy to spot though. That kills me. Uh, if, if you know, if you know what you're doing, I, right. you know, I, I don't know enough to venture into one of these purchases, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, every once in a while I'll, I'll try to try to read up on them. But like I said, uh, last time, last time I checked, they were still under a thousand, but wow. they're creeping, they're creeping over a thousand these days sometimes for the, for the good ones. Um, because they're becoming can, more collectible. Yeah, if you can even find one of the speed timers, uh, big thing is the kanji date wheel. So a lot of people are going to dish out for that, and 
snatch them up as soon as they become available. Um, my best, uh, my best advice for anyone kind of interested in these old Seiko chronographs, um, two things. So if you frequent Reddit, there's uh, Japanese watches subreddit. Yep. And awesome two, place. Two, yeah, two of the moderators on there um, are Seikoholic, which Whoa. is Spencer. Yeah, Spencer Klein. He's got a super awesome like just Seiko YouTube channel where he fixes a bunch of watches and he offers it as a service and um and another user called halo 8 and uh he's got a youtube channel called vintage time australia and i think there's a three-part series that we can probably link to where he goes where he goes kind of like painstakingly over each kind of thing you're supposed to look for when buying one of these old chronos i think he does it with the pogue but he might have something there for the speed timer that's awesome Um, vintage time australia yeah yeah so um that's i'm that's really it for these um if you can get your hands on one i think it's a pretty cool watch um the uh the automatic movement there also has a you know the space connection with with the pogue as well so correct uh if you didn't want to spend your your 500 something bucks on the bull of a moon watch and you wanted to go vintage and you wanted something truly mechanical you go you go for a pogue um and also anything in the 6138 series there are some um oh yeah there's some there's some crazy panda dials and those those are like like if you find one of those good job <laughs> <laughs> good 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 for you man because <laughs> those are those are freaking hard to find i gotta say so it's, um, it's funny you mentioned a lot of the times they get um frankened or counterfeited in singapore and indonesia right yeah I, every, now, every now and then I'll go and watch Recon and I'll type in like 6139 or Pogue and I'll see a lot coming out of yeah. there. So you're telling me, now I know it's hard to definitively say, but you're saying uh, statistics and just previous kind of facts, it's safe to assume that those are potentially fake. I mean, you might find a good one. Um, you know, another, I think I, think I read in an interview once with... Um, with Spencer Klein specifically, the uh, just the climate in certain regions mm-hmm. also really affected these watches. Um, Interesting. So you'll find a lot of the moisture damage, uh, not only in these regions where they're being counterfeited or Franken-watched. Right. Um, maybe it's being done for that same kind of repair that we were discussing. You know, it's possible. Watchmaker, watchmaker got it. Had a bucket of Seiko parts and is just gonna put something together to to sell it because there's and, um, i mean you know it's funny I, I i sort of indicated that it was some sort of strange you know european or asian dispassionate approach to the watch oh i gotta make sure it just works that i've actually faced that here with my omega c master 30 the 286 caliber i brought mm-hmm. it to a place here and i'm like oh hey can you guys fix this uh it 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 you know every time i turn the bezel it's like i'm pulling teeth or I turn the bezel every time <laughs> i wind the watch it's like i'm pulling teeth like it really needs repair and I'm like, I think the dial is chipping into, you know, the gears and everything like that. Like, oh, yeah, we can do that. But in order to make it work, we have to get you a new dial. It's not going to be this exact dial, but we can try and find one like that's in the same sort of sort of similar like year range. And I'm just like, I'm like, no, why would yeah. you why would you do that to me as a collector? I'm like, why? Why would you key my car? I asked you to fix my flat. You know what <laughs> I mean? But to them, that's like, dude, that's like, why would we not think if the dial looks like shit 
and it's potentially causing your watch to run like shit, why the fuck wouldn't you want us to fix it? So I, that just occurred to me when, you, when we were talking about just now. So I, you can face that anywhere. And so it's not impossible to believe that, yeah, in the Singapore, Indonesian area, especially humid, where humidity can get into the watch, it's not impossible to assume that they franken these watches because they were all fucked up by the climate. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and definitely, you know, like, like I said, um, you have these resources that you have to uh, familiarize yourself with uh, when you're looking at something like the pole jot. And the same thing with these Seikos. Like, spend some time on Seikoholic's YouTube channel. He has oh, a, yeah. lot of a lot of videos where he... Um, so part of his repair service, he offers like a personalized video evaluation and he'll just throw it up on his YouTube channel. And, uh, so That's most, so those cool. are most, yeah, those are most of the videos on there, but he also has, uh, a few videos, actually, I think a couple on the 61, 38 and 39 chronographs. Um, so watch those and, um, you know, definitely check out the vintage time Australia channel. Uh, we should we should probably link to that series. Yeah, uh, yeah, are, I, I wrote it down. Yeah, those are both good starting points if you're looking into you know vintage Seiko chronos because and if you do find one, um, it's still rewarding because you know you have you know just working vintage chronograph. Yeah, and uh, you know whether you're going Japanese or, or Russian, it's um, it's pretty cool. It's, uh, it's, I've it's, never I've never had a vintage chronograph before, so <laughs> it's just it's like it's a weird reward. Like it's one of those things where you're, you know, there's something on the wing. I don't see the yeah. thing. There's something on the wing, and like yes, I I knew there was something on the wing. I knew it was <laughs> out there. I'm not crazy for spending hours and hours on the fucking watch exchange subreddit or on fucking watch you seek or Etsy. Like, just yeah. looking at chronograph movements, trying to figure out, okay, this one looks like it's 1997, but this movement is from the, it's from the 80s. Eh, you know what I mean? Like, like it's, it's, like, it's, it's, a, it's like a detective. Uh, like, a, like, a, you were like a detective. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have a but gun or a badge. There's a reward. So. There is a reward. So I think that's one cool takeaway to kind of get from this episode. You can take, you can take part in the same kind of weird watch geekery that Rolex guys will get over with like red text. You can do the same <laughs> thing for like a few hundred bucks. Arguably, it's cooler. You know yeah. what I mean? So, I mean, is this a good stopping point? Because we, we are, I did not, I, I want to apologize to everyone. I did not mean to talk that goddamn long. <laughs> about this I think, I think we're good. I think, fucking uh, watch. Probably, probably a good, good stopping point. I think this is a good stopping point. Um, Again, if you've listened to us before for a while, or if you're just tuning in for the first time, if you like what you've heard, uh, it would mean a lot, obviously, to hear from you directly, but if you're on iTunes, or if you have an iTunes account, it would be awesome if you guys just left us an awesome, like a good review, because the, the, you know, the better reviews we get, the more people listen, the more people listen, the longer we're gonna do this, the longer we're gonna do this, the longer we all get to be awesome watch people together, and just hang out, and just talk shit where shit needs to be talked. I, I wanna say also, the best, I want to sum up, like, I think the best way someone succinctly put it. I'm going to give this guy a shout out on the next episode because I can't look it up right now because all my electronics are tied up in recording uh, <laughs> <laughs> right now. But someone summed up our show, I think, the best. He said something like, damn, shit talking and watches, my two favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> I think that perfectly encapsulates what's happening right now. <laughs> 
Yeah, man. It's got to be said. It's got to be said. So if you like the show, it would it mean the world to hear from you directly, but it would also be super valuable for you to use that love for good. Go to iTunes. Leave us a really good review. So you don't have to even say a lot of words. It could be one or two words, something short, whatever is best for you. But just the more review, the more love reviews we can get on there, the, you know, the more folks they're going to hear the show, the more folks are hear the show, the more fun we're all going to have. That's basically the bottom line, you know? So definitely. And the, and the better we can make the show for you guys. Exactly. That's the point. You know, again, we're going to tease it. We're going to do a giveaway at 1000 followers. Um, we're we're going to mm-hmm. release some, in, I know, we, we, <laughs> We're going to release some information as it comes along. We're doing this as a big thank you. You guys are awesome. And it's just something that we thought would be really, really special. Um, stay tuned for details. It's going to be pretty fun. I think everyone's going to enjoy it. Uh, so in addition to that, always feel to e- feel free to email us if I've said anything wrong. If I said something that was just complete bullshit, it's like, oh, Cass and Polo Joss, not even a watch. You Email me that. I, I don't care. I just want to know the things I'm saying are wrong because the last thing I want to do is give out information that's not right. So email us at tbws.contact.gmail.com. Again, that's tbws.contact.gmail.com. Or hit us up on Instagram. Uh, as many of you know, I, I, Michael, if I don't get fake internet points, I'm just going to fucking die. So I'm always on Instagram. I'm always on Instagram just, just clawing for people's affection and attention. <laughs> Please like, please like my Raketa Big Zero. I please really, talk to me. Please talk to me. <laughs> so you can always hit us up on there. People who have done it have realized, fuck, this guy, it's 4 a.m. in Florida. Why is he replying? <laughs> Why is he replying to an Instagram? Because I fucking sleep with my phone next to me. I sleep with my phone rubber banded to my forehead. You know what I mean? <laughs> so hit us up on Instagram, at 2 Rogue Watch Knobs. You know, again, at 2 Rogue Watch Knobs. Um... Yeah, I think that covers it. I love doing these vintage episodes. If you have any ideas for more vintage episodes for us to do in terms of like affordable vintage or just affordable anything, definitely let us know. Leave us reviews. You guys are the best. Happy New Year. Michael, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Kaz. Uh, how, um, should we, how should we do it? Do you want to do the sign-off? I always get so much anxiety with the sign-off. Well, yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. This is Mike. And this is Kaz. And uh, yeah, this is Two Broke Watch Nubs. Later. See ya. <laughs>